Brazil, Reimagined? A Euradio podcast about Brazil's changing territorial, environmental, and agricultural policies. With the voice of those who are working to reconstruct, reimagine, and redivide. From urban to rural, in the Amazon and beyond. My dream is to live in a community united, you know, that was our dream. To start a community focused on permaculture, on agroecology, on the forest, on healing. This was our dream. To produce our own products, our music, our food, to be able to share this with others. Because we believe that through these experiences, we create respect for the forest, for the animals, for other people. There is nothing better in the world. These were the words of Chino Alves, a family farmer who applies agroforestry practices in the surroundings of Porto Velho, Rondonia, in Brazil's Amazon biome. I met Chino in the beginning of January at his farm, Agrotopical Amazonia, located about half an hour driving from the state's capital. While his place can officially be described as a farm, to me, it initially looked more like a house in the midst of tropical rainforests. Only when getting closer, I could distinguish the range of diverse crops hidden between the tall tropical trees. The view of Chino's place captures the essence of agroforestry in the Amazon biome. To produce in harmony with the forest, to combine farming with reforestation, with restoration. I was not the only foreigner interested to find out more about Chino's farming methods. Over the past years, various international and local journalists, scientists and students paid a visit to Agrotopical. E conhecer um pouco sobre é, a agrofloresta e a permacultura, né? Que são algumas coisas que a gente, eu, por exemplo, já ouvi falar, mas eu não sei muito bem como que funciona na prática é, esse tipo de, não sei, é tipo estilo de vida ou não? Agroforestry, the land use practice applied here, is increasingly recognized as an alternative to the expansion of large-scale monoculture farming, which leads to deforestation and degradation, eventually also making the region hotter and drier. Brazilian agriculture has thrown itself into a self-inflicted crisis, stated the time in the beginning of this year. While green lighting agricultural development, the Amazon region is now emitting more carbon than it absorbs, the balance has already been tipped towards global warming. In the state of Rondonia, Brazil's unsustainable development is all too alarming. To gain understanding of how agroforestry developed in Brazil and how it can contribute to keep the forest standing, I talked to several other people involved in agroforestry in Rondonia, as well as on a national level. My name is Luana Lopes. I am a journalist and farmer specialized in permaculture. And six years ago, I launched a project called Terra Cura, Healing Earth, with the aim of bringing permaculture practices here to the state of Rondonia and recover degraded areas as well. I'm Gregory Martini, 
I was born here in Porto Velho. My parents came from the south. They came here looking for land, looking for a place where they could cultivate their animals and plants. And I was raised in this context. Eventually, I left it for some time and returned some time ago when I managed to acquire some land. I'm a biologist and master in forest sciences. I live here in the Auro Preto Reserve, and my indigenous name is Antorokai Mura. I belong to the Mura ethnic group. But before talking about the potential of agroforestry, let's first get back to the definition. Agroforestry might not directly ring a bell for those of us not living in tropical countries. So what is agroforestry? Agroforestry is the integration of trees and crops. So farmers not only plant one crop, but then they also plant uh, rows of trees every 10 or 20 meters or, or sometimes even less. In Brazil, agroforestry is really growing in the last 10 years at least. It's a bit hard to estimate, really, but there are numbers that uh, actually the, the government, the Brazilian government in 2012, set out the goal to increase the area under agroforestry by 4 million hectares until 2020. And they had reached that goal already in 2017. This was Jonas Steinfeld, who was finishing his PhD about agroforestry systems in Brazil at Wageningen University in the Netherlands. He explained to me that, as his broad definition implies, there are many different agroforestry systems with different degrees of complexity, varying from just systematically planting trees between the crops to incredibly complex systems hardly distinguishable from natural forests. The people I met in Rondonia mostly worked with the latter. The forest, she already has her own dynamics. She already has her own system, a vibrant system, a system that works within a network, a system that is all interconnected. And when we stop to observe, we can see that the forest forest already has all the conditions she needs to maintain the plants within this system. Because the forest already creates the environment, she needs to stay healthy in those conditions, in this biome. So when we observe this, we can use this existing model, which is also a model of preservation, because we don't need to destroy. Because what happens with the common agricultural model applied is that we need to destroy in order to plant food. That's what monoculture does. A giant area is degraded in order to plant one type of food. It is exploited until it loses all its capacity. And then it is abandoned. And the same process is repeated elsewhere. In the forest, this dynamic does not exist because the forest is always feeding herself. She has her own processes, her own model to feed herself. When we bring this model to agriculture, we have all the conditions in place to produce organic food. So, agroforestry, it is also observing. You observe how the forest works and you copy this model for the type of production you want. 
We realized that this was really what the forest was about, that we needed to observe. The forest doesn't need any inputs from the outside. We never use pesticides, we never use any kind of these products now that we better understand the forest system, and we can identify any kind of abnormality within this system. When a plant shrivels or is eaten by a bug, that's not a disease. It's an indication, you know? An indication that it lacks nutrients, or has too many nutrients, or is getting too much sun in one part, or is getting less sun in another part, or it is in the wrong place. We have to understand the system well and relate ourselves within the system, observe it, understand its cycles. Even though the Amazon rainforest is ideally suited for agroforestry, the agroforestry movement in Rondonia started flourishing relatively late. The still dominant political and societal discourse of the agribusiness as the driver of progress and growth as stressed by Professor Ricardo Gilson da Costa Silva in episode 2, does not exactly provide for ideal conditions to help agroforestry thrive. It is very challenging to talk about reforestation, about agroforestry, organic agriculture, within the context of a state that is very devastated by the agribusiness, within a region where everywhere you look is soybean, pasture. But every day we are taking a step to make this movement grow, even though it is not easy. We started just with family, friends, because it is difficult to get support in this context. But this also has its advantages, because it makes us aware about the importance of autonomy, because we cannot really wait for the system to change. We ourselves are taking the initiatives that need to be taken. We are strengthening our own community. Strengthening collective efforts and opening up farming activities for outsiders through the organization of Mutiraos was one of the main keys to success for the movement. The Mutirao started with only five farms, with the owners of these farms and their families. But then we began to advertise it and many people became interested. People who live in the city, people who have land, people who do not have land, people who own land but do not live there, and became interested to work with agroforestry. And today, I think there are more than 30 people in our Mutirao group. Mutirao is a word quite hard to translate into the English language. A mobilization of individuals to perform a service that benefits a community, collectively and free of charge. This is essentially what it means. For me, the mutirão proves that things are much easier when done together. Things that would take me 10 days to get done, we can do them in just one day when in a mutirão. And these things go beyond my own needs, such as the beans that I plant by myself in 10 days. When planted by 10 people together, they can feed more than one person. Additionally, we have this exchange of knowledge, wisdom, and the experiences of each individual. Not only considering the popular or cultural aspects of the group, the individual experience of each person is based on these contexts. 
a quebrar um pouco desses conceitos gerados And from the moment that we start to break down some of these concepts generated by society as a whole, which only happens within the family and then within the circle of friends, we begin to act differently, taking into consideration the collective, taking into consideration the harmony and equality. We start to see that things really work better when in a group. Multiroids are very much in this sense. It is proof that the collective really works. It has its advantages. The organizations of these mutiraos, moments of collective efforts and exchange, is also what strengthened the agroforestry movement elsewhere in Brazil. During our talk, still under the tropical rain, Luana referred me to Denise Bittencourt Amador, whom she met during a network meeting for women agroforestoras in Brazil's southeast. As a pioneer agroflorestora, Denise founded the NGO Mutirao Agroforestal back in 1996, an NGO that nowadays still acts to reunite on a national level. Via her story, she traced back the rise of the movement around Rio and São Paulo. Nossa segunda tarefa é plantar semente muda e estaca para a vida celebrar. Uhul! Só sai, só sai a floresta, caiando ventirão e muita festa. Só, só sai, só sai a floresta, caiando ventirão e muita festa. No início dos anos 90, eu estudei. In the early 90s, I studied at the Federal Rural University of Rio de Janeiro, where they have the agronomy and forestry agrarian courses. And at the time, it was very strong within the university uh, questioning, a counterpoint to this conventional agribusiness agriculture based on the whole agrochemical chain and a discussion of the agrarian distribution itself in Brazil, of the excess of land, of the promotion of family farming and also the agroecological techniques that brought a whole look at the agroecosystem and how the agroecosystem works, the importance of biodiversity and so on. And we took a course by Ernst in 96. And then, after this course by Ernst, we already had this history of a journey filled with many reflections. We were fascinating, wanting to learn more and asking, how do we learn? How do we learn agroforestry? And then we started to do mutirões. Let's get together to do it together and learn by doing it together, collectively. So we did the first agroforestry mutirão in August of 1996. Depending on where the mutirão was, there were as many as a hundred people. We believed that, at the time, this mutirão movement catalyzed and got really strong. It was the beginning of a great movement, and it trained many people in Brazil. Here, Denise mentioned someone key in the dissemination of agroforestry practices in Brazil, Ernst Gatsch. Of Swiss origin, he is also referred to as the guru of agroforestry in Brazil, or the creator of the real green revolution. Actually, it is quite surprising that in this 15-minute podcast you listened to so far, his name did not fall yet once. 
Because all people I talked to were trained by Ernst Gotch, or at least read his work. An agroforest system like this mirrors the local ecosystem where it's implemented. Instead of having just cocoa trees, which are the main species, everywhere you have trees producing fruits on the top to the bottom. Assim como os, os macacos podem as árvores altas para fazer as casinhas, não? Podem. Since the 1980s, when Ernst Gott started a farm in the south of Bahia, he has mentored and trained farmers all around Brazil and beyond in the farming system he applied, later labeled syntropic agriculture. Some of his main principles include to work with nature rather than against it and to use strategies that look like the way natural ecosystems work. Denise explained to me that Gotch inspired her and other farmers to adapt methods that value ancestral practices to imitate existing patterns in nature. Ernst and he who I think overactivated this because he really helped to translate this language, to open our eyes to this dimension, this relationship with nature that the natives already had. So he brought us lenses, different glasses with which we started to look at it in other ways. So I owe a lot to Ernst, this thing that Brazil is, where it is in terms of agroforestry, because many of Ernst's students today are teaching courses in Brazil all over the world. There are references in Brazil, the whole world. To shed new light on the relation with nature that indigenous people already had. Indeed, if agroforestry might be presented as an innovative, groundbreaking method that can help to protect our forests in the future, it is essentially based on the practices that have already been applied in Brazil for thousands of years. Before the adoption of the monoculture agricultural model from Europe in the 20th century. Instead of agriculture of the future, the title of this episode could just as well have been Agriculture that Revives the Past. Using and recovering ancestral knowledge is essential to keep developing and improving practices nowadays. And indigenous people play a key role in applying and spreading agroforestry practices, especially in the Amazon biome. In the Uropreto Nature Reserve, I met wife and husband Tatiana and Lucas Moura, who told me more about this process of knowledge recovery. We are two young people who decided to live in the countryside after our studies, to live in the forest. We decided to actually live what we were studying. We were studying geography, archaeology, and I said, let's live our reality. Let's gain this knowledge through the true carriers of this knowledge, our ancestors. We came here and started to develop various activities, including reforestation of degraded areas. This place where we are today, Nossa Maloca, it was a pasture land before the farmers of this region were asked to leave this land and this area became a nature reserve. We've been here for three years. Today, we are the representatives of our community. We work together with our community and we are part of a group of young people who are starting and resuming the struggle of our ancestors the indigenous fight. 
né, os caminhos da luta, né, das bandeiras de luta. My mother, through her master's and doctoral research, already did research about this question of ancestry, about our roots. Since we are young, we've been living between the city and nature until nature called us. This is what we aim for, to be able to raise our son within this reality. That is the purest art that exists. It is the awakening of our identity. This getting closer to the earth through agroforestry, it is flourishing our spiritual life. I believe that from the moment we have this contact with nature, we start not being in nature, but we start being part of it. We start being part of the earth. And with this feeling comes the process of caring, of following our intuition. Of letting our intuition flourish, as well as our spirituality, our faith, what we believe in, and what we are looking for in our lives. And I think all this influences our connection with our ancestors. Because I feel like the reincarnation of my grandmother. I feel very connected to my mother and my grandmother in this connection with nature, through planting, harvesting, through being here, living this space, and living what they lived, but in a better way. Because I have more means to show how I live, where I live, what my objectives are, why I am here fighting. When asking them about what aspects of this project they are most proud of or what their most important achievement is, the couple told me, What makes me proud and happy is to see a new seed sprout and to see the forest grow and to know that this was done by my own hands, that it was me who planted them, watered them, took care of them. Another thing that fascinates me is watching the macaws. When they pass like that, man, it's amazing. When I realized that they were almost extinct, there were only two left, and now we can count 35 of them. What a difference. <laughs> what makes me proud is to realize that we are generating water on this planet. We plant in order to generate water, to generate life, to generate oxygen. This makes me proud. Going back to being part of nature instead of just being in it, collaborating with the forest instead of fighting against it. The fact that agroforestry is more and more recognized as the solution to produce while at the same time recovering and protecting the forest might sound quite logical, considering that its main principles helped kept the forest standing for millennia. Recent studies have revealed that the Amazon rainforest could actually be considered as one huge agroforest, Jonas told me. Because studies found out that the species composition of the Amazon forest is really heavily influenced by humans. So for thousands and thousands of years, humans have been planting and, and, and interacting with the Amazon forest and really shaping it into what it is right now. So even if it is proven that agroforestry is an effective method to recover the forest, and if it is plausible that this traditional practice will play a crucial role in the nearby future, 
Of course, there are also some key challenges to overcome. The main being the lack of assistance in the form of grants or subsidies, which could help agroforest farmers compensate for the relatively high labor costs and investments required in the first years. The thing is, there are no real subsidies for agriculture like in Europe. There are only some credit lines by the government that farmers can access if they do apply some more sustainable practices. And then they get some more favorable credits, but it's not like a payment. Uh, actually, the only indirect subsidy that, that exists in, in Brazil is uh, that you don't pay taxes on pesticides. Farmers expressed their hope that with the new government, which reintroduced the Ministry of Agrarian Development, the ministry that is supporting peasant farmers in Brazil, this might change. Foreign investments also point into the right direction. Meanwhile, Agloflorestoras and Agloflorestores continue to work on the ground to increase the areas occupied by agroforestry, with or without support. While you are listening to this podcast, Gregory Martini is moving downstream at the Madeira and Amazon River doing what people in the region have essentially been doing for centuries, collecting seeds to replant them elsewhere, to add to the diversity already present at this place. We are going to pass through an extensive area with many seeds and a great diversity of vegetation. And the idea is to bring these seeds here so that we can cultivate and take advantage of what the land has to offer. Right now, he might be somewhere between Manaus and Santarém. While you are listening to this podcast, the chestnut tree that was planted by Luca Santacciana with the aim to provide income for their children and recover degraded land might already be just a bit bigger compared to when I interviewed them back in March. My dream is to be able to harvest the chestnuts of the tree that was planted by my son when he was two years old. How cool would that be? In 10 years, we'll have a forest standing here again, even bigger than it is now. While you are listening to this podcast, Luana Lopez might be running a project to replant 800,000 trees in the Amazon rainforest, working for Agroforestry Carbon, an organization that recently contacted her because of her experience in agroforestry and forest recovery. When I asked Jonas whether he thinks the new government will indeed invest more in sustainable agriculture and agroforestry, he said he hopes so. What he does know for sure is how much the agroforestry movement has grown since he started being interested in his method in Brazil 10 years ago. for listening to this fourth episode of Brazil Reimagined, a podcast series produced for EU Radio. The interviews you hear during this episode were conducted in Rondonia between January 5th and May 3rd, 2023. The songs you hear during this episode are Un Sonho by Nassau Sumbi and Canto de Sango by Baden Powell. Thank you for listening.
mas de onde é que eu vim? Sou filho de rei, muito lutei pra ser o que eu sou Eu sou negro de cor, mas tudo é só o amor em mim Tudo é só o amor para mim Xangô acordou, hoje é tempo de amor Hoje é tempo de dor em mim Xangô acordou, salve Xangô Senhor, Saravá Salve, Xangô 